Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests on the Goodyear Hotline, and here we go. Coming up today, get the families off the gram. Give the fans what they want in Chicago. Get Hembo playoff tickets and cancel the parade in Dallas. All that and a whole lot more. Let's do it. Here we go. Only one place to start. And the one place to start is with my good friend Ryan Clark, who has made a habit of being right lately. Joining me in studio with the Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. RC, you have been stunningly on the money yeah. with a lot of your predictions of light. I mean, Greeny, some would say I'm, I'm a genius uh, <laughs> that just not, is not appreciated uh-huh. in the way that you aren't appreciated Correct. for your genius yet. Right. And you always say they'll appreciate you when you're gone. Yeah. Well, I'm going to keep appreciating myself while I'm here. Yes. <laughs> you, you've now taken to patting yourself on the back, which I like. Why not? <laughs> no, if no one else points out when you're right, then you should. No, one of the many things you... Well, we'll get to the Minnesota. Right. Let's start with Dallas, there. Kansas City, Got because... You. That was the game of the day yesterday. I thought it was the most interesting game of the year going into it because Mm -hmm. I really didn't know what to make of Kansas City. Right. And you and I Friday talked about how we kind of thought we knew what to make of Dallas. Yeah. Now I don't know what to make of it. What do we make of the Cowboys this morning? Well, I think think it's it's unfair to analyze this game and not talk about the people that were out, especially when guys like Noah Brown and Cedric Wilson in the second half drops – drop footballs, but to me it was the energy and the sense of urgency that you're supposed to have in a matchup like this. And the conversation started because of the Dak Prescott sound that it wasn't something, a measuring stick for him against Patrick Mahomes. But I think as an offense, they played like that. I feel like as a coaching staff, they coached that way. They weren't playing this game to say, okay, let's see what we look like against one of the league's best. And it seemed like the Kansas City Chiefs did, right? Which is backwards because one team hasn't won a championship since 1995. The other one's been in the last two Super Bowls. And I think that says a lot about where the Dallas Cowboys are from a mindset perspective. This is the team that hasn't played in huge games in the recent history, mm-hmm. Greeny, and it looked like it yesterday. I, I agree with that. And it's a tough place to play. And they were missing people. I get it. But one of the things that I thought of them coming in was they're a great team because they'll play you however you make them play. Mm-hmm. And if you if they need to play a physical dominating game, no Amari, CD gets hurt, all right. the rest of that, well, they will just line up and bludgeon you. And Troy Aikman in the booth kept saying it. Why aren't they running the ball mm-hmm. more? Just commit to that and try it. And they just never did. So, so, so I think what happened was this, though. Normally, when we talk about the Dallas Cowboys beating teams which in whatever way they need to offensively, it's based on scheme, right? It's based on what a team is trying to take away from them. And the Kansas City Chiefs were purposely taking away the run because I guess they could, because they felt like outside they could match up. But Kellen Moore never got out of the mindset of they're stacking the box, so let me throw outside and, and, and look at the people he had. Yeah. Right? It probably was the right schematic decision to make, but it wasn't the right personnel decision to make. They didn't have the guys on the outside to win those one-on-one matchups, but you feel like you can win inside if you can block up and get Ezekiel Elliott in one-on-one opportunities or Tony Pollard in one-on-one opportunities with defensive backs or outside linebackers. And Kellen Moore just never seemed 
to commit to that. And, and you know, like you said earlier on the show, you thought Troy Aikman was going to go out and take the headsets yeah. from Kellen Moore. And, and I believe that when they go back and watch this film, that's going to be something they look at and say, you know what, we probably should have run the football more because it also frees Dak Prescott up from dropping back constantly to throw balls when you know you can't block Chris Jones. They also, A, they're not going to have a lot of time to watch tape because they play Thursday, right. the traditional Thanksgiving, and they will not have Amari Cooper Thursday yep. because he's not vaccinated, so he won't CD be back Lamb. in time. And that's the point. Yep. C.D. Lamb had a concussion. Do you get cleared from a concussion in time for a Thursday game? I think it's very likely they yeah. don't have either one of those guys Thursday. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And so you made mention of losing Amari Cooper later on in the week right. after having him practice. Maybe that's a difference. Maybe Kellen Moore can now devise some things or scheme some things or strategize in a way where they can still be effective without Amari Cooper. But I think when you watch this game, it looked disjointed right from the beginning. Michael Gallup has a huge double move to start the football game. Dak Prescott misses him, and then we get a sack fumble later on in that drive. And so Kansas City comes out, and they're, they, they, to me, they were just hitting on all cylinders that first drive. They ran the football when they were supposed to. They took the short, short throws when they were supposed to. You get the huge reverse to Tyreek Hill. And I felt like right away, I said, oh, the Kansas City Chiefs are ready. Right? I said, uh-oh, this is going to be a different type game. Mm-hmm. And Dallas was never able to answer offensively. If you told me before this week and on Friday, if you just said, RC, bet all the money you have, I have a tip for you. The Kansas City Chiefs are only going to score 19 points. Yeah. I say the Dallas Cowboys win by a touchdown. For sure. Yeah. And, they, and they just couldn't produce offensively. They didn't score a touchdown in the game. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance with insurance for cars, homes, boats, motorcycles, RVs, and commercial vehicles at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and Progressive.com. Now let's get to the areas where RC was right. The first of them was <laughs> on Friday on Get Up, you were the only person on the set who took Minnesota to beat Green Bay. And as I watched, I, I, I texted, texted you right, right afterwards. Right, right. I was like, you had it right after that game or as the game was going on. I'm watching it saying if Kirk Cousins doesn't just give games he away. He tried now. He tried to give that game <laughs> away. He threw two interceptions on that last drive and neither one of them was caught. <laughs> yeah. But they're so explosive offensively. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's really crazy to, to look and see what Justin Jefferson has been able to add to this team. You know, you get rid of Stephon Diggs, who was already a proven receiver in this league, and you send him to Buffalo. You draft Justin Jefferson, I think, with the 18th pick. Here's what I think about that all the time, or maybe the 20th. When Jalen Rager was picked in Philadelphia, they were, like, inside the, the draft room with Mike Zimmer and the Minnesota Vikings. They signed the card right then and there. As soon as Jalen Rager got drafted, they said, we got Justin Jefferson. Yeah. That's the guy we wanted. And they play that way. This is the guy who gets 1,400 yards last year. And so now you look at Adam Thielen, uh, Dalvin Cook, and Justin Jefferson. To me, it's the best trio of skill players in the entire NFL. And now you have a team in the Green Bay Packers who were beat up in the secondary, who were uh, susceptible to the run. And this is their first opportunity in a month playing a team like this. I just felt like they wouldn't be able to stop them. And I agreed with you. As long as Kirk Cousins didn't give the game away late, they would win. And that's what we saw. And, and, and I do want to take a moment, though, and just acknowledge Rodgers because – Oh, my gosh. You know, whatever the nonsense of the last couple of weeks have been – and he's got a toe now that he somehow injured during COVID quarantine, which McAfee's going to have to find Greeny. out tomorrow. How yeah, does that Greeny, happen? Have you ever hit your toe on a coffee table, though? <laughs> yes. Man, like the, the type of hopping around you do in your room 
uh, when you in your house, when you do that, it's tough. And maybe he just did something like that. Is that, that. what we think? Did he just, was it just a terrible stubbing? <laughs> did, he, <laughs> hey, did he stub hey, his toes so badly? You know what it was? He, he probably says it's worse than turf toe. What he probably did, man. He probably finished that McAfee uh, interview yeah. that took 46 minutes yeah. and then heard it back and just kicked the wall on purpose. <laughs> he was just mad at himself. Yeah, probably. He said, this is going to cost me a lot. Um, I, I don't know if he heard it doing yoga. I don't know what it Yo. is. But one way or another, he's got a toe. Mm-hmm. He hasn't practiced in three weeks. He was unbelievable yesterday. Greeny, it was absolutely phenomenal to watch Aaron Rodgers play yesterday. And it was also a progression. He didn't start hot, right? The, the game didn't start off and he was hot. Right. He got hot as it went along and he got hotter as it mattered more. And I think that was the thing that struck me, that he made every single play he needed to make to keep his team in the game in which they couldn't stop the opposing offense. Right. And Aaron Rodgers is the only reason that this is even tight late in the game. I mean, Justin Jefferson makes a huge play on the catch against Eric Stokes. I'm like, okay, it's over. Yeah. The very next play, MVS catches a deep post and scores the touchdown, and Aaron Rodgers looks like he barely throws the football. Yeah. And so for a dude to be injured, and not even about being injured, you're out for COVID, you don't get the practice again this week because of the toe, to play at that high of a level just shows that some of this, honestly, Greeny, is just muscle memory. For Aaron Rodgers, he can just flat out do it. He's just better than pretty much anyone Everybody. you've ever seen. Agreed. He's just that kind Agreed. of great. Did you know that starting stronger starts at AutoZone? They've got battery solutions in the form of free battery testing, free battery charging, and replacement batteries that fit your needs. That's what makes them America's number one battery destination. Get in the zone, AutoZone. The other thing RC was right about is a couple of weeks ago on our show on Get Up, you said the Patriots are going to mess around and they're going to wind up in the Super Bowl. And here we are. From that moment forward, not only have they looked great, what has happened to the Buffalo Bills? Ryan, what is going you, you, on? You know what, Greeny? I don't even know if something's happening to the Buffalo Bills or we just aren't watching closely enough. Guess what? The Buffalo Bills looked great against Jacoby Brissett and the Miami Dolphins. The yeah. Buffalo Bills looked great against uh, Davis Mills and the Houston Texans. But now we're watching this team that they we beat thought. Kansas City. They, they, they did beat Kansas City, but that was, a, that was a Kansas City football team that couldn't play defense. It's true. And the Kansas City football team that had a struggling quarterback. Yeah, right? That, that, that was yeah. a different team yeah. at that time. That, that was win a, may not have meant what we thought it meant at the time. Exactly. And, 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 and so now, and, and, and when, when we saw that win, what did we say? Buffalo's here. Right. Right. They, they, they've avenged the loss from the AFC Championship. This is a different team. This is a team that plays with no physicality offensively, right? You know, Zach Moss was a guy who had kind of added that to the offense. They, they don't even try to attempt to run the football anymore. When I think of physicality as it goes to the Buffalo Bills, I think of the fact that when their quarterback decides to tuck and run the ball, he's a physical presence in the run game. But that's it. And now defensively, we've learned that they don't like it, Grimy. Right. Like they don't like it rough. They have, you know, you have Tredavious White and Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer who are great in the secondary, but you don't have backers and D linemen that want to stick it in there. Jonathan Taylor put himself in the top three of the MVP conversation because of what he did yesterday. Mm -hmm. Five touchdowns, 185 yards, and you give it to him 32 times because you know the Buffalo Bills can't stop him. And so in two weeks, they'll play the New England Patriots, yep. who is going to run the football, right? Who's going to play great defense, who's going to try to find a way to make Josh Allen beat him, beat them from the pocket. And I don't believe that the Buffalo Bills will beat the New England Patriots. And if that happens again, can you imagine the feeling if you're Sean McDermott and that team coming into this year thinking, you know what? 
this is our year. The New England Patriots have a rookie quarterback. The New England Patriots have made all these changes. It'll take a while for them to rebuild. And now they sit atop the New England Patriots, that is, of the AFC. Yeah, I mean, we'll make this straight talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. We're going to know everything there is to know about New England in the next few weeks. weeks. They've got Tennessee. I lost yesterday, stunningly. Bills twice. And then they get the Bills on Monday night. Mm-hmm. And then the Colts, yep. who suddenly look great. Mm-hmm. And then the Bills again. Yeah. So we will know. How, how, let's just make this one, one last RC, yep. you know, Nostradamus. <laughs> how many of those four games will they win? They win three of them. Three of those four. I think, I think they win three the of those The Patriots win games. three of those four. They become the Super Bowl favorite in the AFC, I, in my I, opinion. I, I 100% agree because yeah. I believe when you play a team like Indianapolis, the physicality of that team will not overwhelm. Uh, the New England Patriots. I think the toughest game of the of the four is going to be the Indianapolis Colts. Yep. They're good defensively. They can run the football. And Carson Wentz can show you some of those pedigree plays, which I mean by being a second overall pick. And if he does some of that, it's going to be a tough game. What a story. RC, you're the best. Thank you for Thank hanging you, my out. Man. Always great to see you. Thank yes, you sir. very much. Ryan Clark with us here. Coming up next, my takes, which will include the one person I blame most for the Cowboys meltdown in Kansas City. That's on the way. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Greenies takes. All right, here we go. I got my five top takes coming out of a very interesting and busy Sunday in the NFL yesterday, and then we'll hear from the guys on what theirs were. Number five. The Bills are in trouble. They had played the easiest schedule in the NFL, and when they've stepped up in class, they've gotten punched in the face. And Rex Ryan, I thought, made a great point with us on TV this morning. The Bills are good when you're trying to finesse them. Your finesse teams struggle with the Bills. But when they've played good physical opponents this year, they've gotten smashed. The Colts just beat them senseless yesterday. That that, that game was not as close as the final score sounded, and the final score was like four touchdowns. And Jonathan Taylor ran through them, not around them. He ran through them. And the most physical player on the Bills' offense is their quarterback. So I think the Bills are in legitimate trouble. That's a team that a month ago I would have bet you for sure was going to the Super Bowl. And I don't think it at all anymore. So I'm really surprised, really surprised by what has happened. And they have no time, no rest for the weary. they got to turn around and play at New Orleans on Thursday night. Thursday night road games are not easy in the NFL. New Orleans is a good run defense, although obviously the Eagles ran over them yesterday. Then the Bills get the Patriots. Then they're at Tampa. They've got Carolina, the Patriots again. This is not going to be an easy stroll for the Bills. I still believe they will make it to the playoffs. I'm not sure they're going to win the division. 
and I know I no longer look at them as the favorite in the AFC, which I was certain that they were. Number four. Now, we mentioned the Eagles. The Eagles are who we thought they were. And if you listen to this show, this was one of the first places anyone was talking about it. Before anybody was telling you the Eagles are for real, Hembo was telling it to you. Because he's got two things going for him. One, he lives and dies with the Eagles. Two, he's paying attention to all these numbers. The Eagles, and I'm going to let him talk about it coming up in just a few minutes. But the Eagles have run for 870 yards in their last four games. They're 3-1 and one in their last four. Their one loss was a tough loss against the Chargers. The Eagles will not be on an airplane again the rest of this season. They have, I believe, still the easiest schedule remaining. The Eagles are going to go to the playoffs, and their future is so bright. To say they got to wear shades is not enough. What do you do when it's brighter than that? They have to avoid it like a, like a solar eclipse. <laughs> like you can't even look at them. Their future is so bright, and we'll explain why. But the Eagles are looking very, very good. My take. Number three. If Aaron Rodgers was on the Vikings, they would never lose a game. Aaron Rodgers was so ridiculously good. This is a guy who has not practiced between the COVID and the toe and everything else. He has not practiced in, in, in basically a month. And he goes out there with a bad toe, whatever exactly it is that's wrong with his toe. He was unreal yesterday. Did you watch him play yesterday? Like it's a, It is a thing of beauty to watch that man throw a football. I, I've been watching the game my whole life. So I go back to the mid-70s. The first great quarterbacks I remember watching were Terry Bradshaw, Roger Staubach, Ken Stabler, that era of football, all the way through. And I would say the only person who I think might have been more just purely beautiful to watch throw a football was Dan Marino. But what Marino didn't do was all the stuff that Rodgers adds to it. Like, Marino just stood back there. He had this incredibly quick release, and it was... You've never seen a person more technically perfect. It's like a pitcher with great mechanics. But Rodgers, off-platform, running right, running left, just flinging it with his wrist 40 yards onto, into, a, into a... Like, he could hit a nickel. If you threw a nickel up in the air, he would hit it. He, he's, he's unreal. And Kirk Cousins tried as hard as he could to give that game away yesterday. He just couldn't do it. He threw two interceptions on that last drive, and the Packers just didn't catch either of them. One of them they didn't even touch. <laughs> I don't know what the hell happened on that play. If you saw it, you know what I'm talking about. That ball on the left side that Thielen catches. The first one, which was picked, and then they overturned it on the on the on the replay. If Rod, the, the 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 Vikings are so good offensively, their defense is okay. It, it, the the quarterback is going to give a game away for them, and that's how they're not going to wind up winning and going deep in the playoffs. But Rodgers, I thought, was the best player on the field yesterday. That was, I thought, was my favorite game of the day to watch. Number two. I blame Mike McCarthy for the Cowboys' loss yesterday more than anybody. And I'll give you two reasons. One, did you watch the way he utilized, or should I say did not, his timeouts at the end of the first half? They had plenty of time at the end of the first half to try and go down there and get points. They had two timeouts left, and they will not use one. And so the clock is running and ticking, and I felt like the interception that Dak throws in the end zone on a play where C.D. Lamb winds up getting a concussion, it's a bad throw, and I feel like at least part of it has to be it was rushed. They were rushing like crazy for no obvious reason. And then the other thing is they just refused to run the ball. Mm. And, And if you go back and look at Mike McCarthy's numbers when he was the coach of the Packers, they never ran the ball. What was our stat that we had? Did they have the fewest rushing attempts in the NFL or something during his tenure? Yeah, over that time. And yesterday, 
the Cowboys averaged more yards per run attempt than they averaged per pass attempt, which is super rare in the NFL, and they only ran the ball 16 times in the whole game. He just won't run it. Yeah. And, and I know he's theoretically turned the reins over to Kellen Moore, but he's the coach of the team. And, and so I thought those two things were huge factors in that game. They're going to get points at the end of that first half. And if they do, I think the game is totally different. And then, I mean, I thought Troy Aikman was going to jump out of the booth. <laughs> he was so frustrated with the way they were not, they were just refusing to try and run the ball. So when you're looking at all the variety of reasons why the Cowboys lost yesterday, I would throw the coach's name into it. Number one. And number one is, I think that the Bears might make a coaching change this week. If they lose to Detroit on Thanksgiving, and I think they will, um, then I think that the fans who were chanting fire Nagy at Soldier Field yesterday are going to get their wish. That game set back pro football 50 years. (laughs) Do you remember the game that the Broncos played last year when they had no healthy quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. and they, I forget his name, but they played with a wide receiver at quarterback. Yes. It doesn't matter. Th- that was a game that you could have spent. They could have played like five quarters, eight quarters, and they were never going to score. That's what the Ravens were yesterday. And the fact that the Bears defense allowed them to go right down the field and score their winning touchdown at the end was hideous and embarrassing. But for them not to be able to mount enough offense to win that game yesterday was ridiculous. And, and, and the ultimate indictment of what is going on there. And I'm not the only one who thinks so. David Kaplan is a talk show host on ESPN 1000, guy I've known forever, Cappy in Chicago, uh, was on KJM this morning, and he said it. If they lose on Thursday, they may make a coaching change. If they lose Thursday, when the entire world wakes up on Thursday morning and they whether they have a Bloody Mary or they pour their coffee, they sit down and watch the, the first game for sure before family gets there. They lose to the Lions, and I'm telling you right now, I think they're going to. If they lose to the Lions on Thursday, I don't know how you don't fire this man on Friday. Yeah, I, I think that too. Look, this is over. I mean, what's going on there? It, they're so bad, and everybody is to blame. And literally everybody. And I know that Fields gets hurt yesterday and all the rest of that. But um, I think those fans, look, the Lions play harder. Did you see the Lions play the Browns mm-hmm. yesterday? And we'll talk more about Cleveland as the morning continues. But the, the Lions play harder than the Bears do. They play more efficiently. They just, I think the Lions are going to beat them. I do. I didn't know Cappy said that. I, I knew that he said that they might fire Nagy. I didn't know that Cappy said that he thinks they're going to lose. But I do, too. And and I think that there's a real chance they wind up making that coaching change if it happens. All right. Those are my takes coming off of a very interesting NFL Sunday. Now let us uh, gather together the assembled members of the hashtag crew and find out what's on their mind. What's on your mind brought to you by my computer career training for a better life. I, I promised you Hembo first. Hembo, a crazy Eagles fan. That team is really good. Explain why their future is so ridiculously bright. Because the Eagles are doing this right now, Greeny. And the Eagles may very well make the playoffs. Like you said, they have the easiest remaining schedule in the league. They've won three or four. They have the best offense in football in the month of November. But the reason their future is so bright is because you have a quarterback in his second year of a rookie contract. He's got $3.5 million remaining in years three and four combined. Let's say that again. 
They're paying their quarterback $3.5 million over the next two seasons mm-hmm. combined, and right now he's playing great. He's playing great. He's, he is the number one ranked quarterback in the NFL over the last five weeks, Jalen Hurts is. So stop talking about Aaron Rodgers, stop talking about Deshaun Watson, and stop, talk, stop talking about Russell Wilson, and start talking about what Jalen Hurts is doing. The Eagles also have three first-round picks lined up, of course, because of the trades that they've already made, and... The Eagles right now are operating with $60 million in dead cap money because, in large part, Carson Wentz couldn't play, decided he could not play in Philadelphia anymore. So this is a shorthanded roster. The Eagles are at least one year ahead of schedule. Yeah, I, I agree. And if Hertz is the answer, mm. which I don't think most people thought he was, I, there's something about that kid I love. I, I don't know what it is. And he's the son of a coach, if I remember that correctly, right? And I always mm-hmm. like, particularly a quarterback, but any player who's the son of a coach, there's always something good about that. And just the way he handled what happened to him at Alabama and the way he handled coming into the NFL with the wince of it all. I mean, he's been put in some pretty adverse circumstances. And he handles it really well. Again, I think having a father who's a coach helps on that front. And he's just good. You watch him play, he's just good and getting better fast. Remember how Lamar Jackson just set the league on fire right away when he started as a rookie? Yeah. So Jalen Hurts has started 15 games in his NFL career so far at quarterback. And his numbers through 15 games are almost identical to Lamar Jackson's at this exact same point. I still think we are underselling what Hurts is doing. Yes, and 15 games. Mm -hmm. He hasn't even started one season's worth of games. And he's playing great. So yeah. I agree with you, which is terrible news for Nuno. So let's bring Nuno in for his take. Nuno hates, well, he hates almost everything. But I think there's nothing he hates more than Philly and Philly sports teams. But I'll give you the floor on anything you want to touch on today. His Giants, your Giants play tonight. Yeah, let's not. No take no, on that. Yeah, let's not worry about What's that. What's Nuno's take today? I will say that as we see the Seahawks, I would say, uh, duo of Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson coming to an end that if I'm their fan base I am beyond disappointed that that duo only won us one Super Bowl mm. that and and I pose this question in the note that that we're not going to get to it when it's all said and done which fan base will be more uh more disappointed in the fact that they've only won one Super Bowl the Seahawks or the Saints with the duo that they had meaning Breeze and Peyton yep you know, I thought you were going to say the Chiefs if they don't wind up winning well, another one. That's with too Andy early, but, I, but too that, early. yeah, but that's that's been uh, you know in this head of mine, you know that thought. But I think it's still a little too early for that. But out of those two franchises, I, I think that's right. I think Seattle because they were right there. I mean, Seattle, the Saints can always fall back on they got screwed. Like, the Saints got the worst call I've ever seen in a football game <laughs> go against them. Otherwise, they're in another Super Bowl, and maybe they wind up winning it. We'll never know. But they at least have that excuse. The Seahawks itself inflicted. I mean, the Seahawks throw an interception. They threw the worst interception. Mm. I mean, the most, the, the most impactful single play in football history by far mm. is the interception instead of giving the ball to Marshawn Lynch, and they've never won again. That, that, that team, for all the, the Legion of Boom and everything else, they never won again. I think that's an interesting take. But how about you know, Rodgers and the Packers? Won there, too. I mean, this, this is sort of a theme across the board. If your quarterback is not Tom Brady, your fan base might be disappointed. That, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. All those guys have been great. All right, and then we bring it to Bubba. And many of you are probably aware Bubba is a crazy Cowboys fan. Uh, you were probably feeling pretty good going into yesterday. I had Bubba hocking me all weekend long for promos, so we, we were texting with each other a little bit. 
and I will give you the floor. What happened to your beloved Cowboys yesterday? Yeah, it was a rough one. Was feeling good going in, and then, uh, you know, Mike McCarthy did what Mike McCarthy does, which is not good. Um, obviously you agree was just- with me about the end of the first half? When they're not using a timeout there, I felt like they were rushing for no reason. I felt Dak looked rushed for no reason. I don't know if that's why he throws that pick or not, but it looked rushed. Yeah, no, I think that makes perfect sense. I think it's it's it seems like week in and week out, McCarthy just doesn't have a grasp of time management of or honestly, like what's going on in general, which is just weird. Um, I think. Yeah, he just seems to be really holding them back overall. Uh, I think, obviously, injuries, look, I mean, I don't think it was the, the exact reason why they lost, but the amount of injuries they had was frustrating. Uh, Dak was bad again, I think, and it's tough because these are the games where you want the, the, need, want the game to step up where Dak's going to be great. He was great against Tampa early in the year, but he was bad yesterday. What can you say? He was bad. I mean, all the people who are the anti-Dak are going to come in and be like, oh, big game, where was Dak? Dak was bad. I still think Dak is a great quarterback, but... You know, one of these big games, again, he's going to have to step up. I still think they're a team closer to the team that we saw week one against Tampa than we saw yesterday with all the injuries. I think it would have been a much more competitive game if they had a full squad. The defense was great. I mean, they they didn't even – the offense could not score a touchdown. I mean, you hold them to 19 points, you expect to win that game. Micah Parsons continues to be awesome. I should have worn the jersey today just because how great he was. Dan Quinn continues to be great. Got to get back on track against the Raiders, win against the Saints and keep going. A little concerned what the Eagles are cooking up there, but uh, I still got confidence we'll win the NFC East. Yeah, they should still win the NFC East. They do play Philly the last week of the season. Yep. We said last week maybe that game is meaningless maybe to the so. Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Maybe it isn't. They have Washington twice in the next couple of weeks. They're playing a little better. The, the, I love the big game against the Cardinals towards the end of the year. I think that's the one, the, the last remaining big game the Cowboys need to show up. And, and win. Yeah. If, if they lose that game, that'll be another really frustrating, you know, because they could win every other game, lose that game, and just go into the playoffs. But they got to win one of these big games. That's the frustrating uh, but thing. But they kept it close against the Bucks, right? That's what everyone told us. Oh, they kept it <laughs> yeah, close that was, against that the Bucks. That was, you know, oh, that was a BAW, basically a win. So uh, uh, Here's the thing. They need to win the games they should win, which is to say they lost a game to Denver they should not have lost. And they have made a habit in recent years of losing the head scratcher. Mm-hmm. That's what they need to do. They need to beat the Raiders on Thursday, which they will. Well, yeah. This, I mean, this year they've they've won all except for the Broncos. They've right. won every game they should win. Right. I don't think they're going to have Lamb or Amari on Thursday. So, well, definitely not Amari. It sounds like. I, well, Amari, yeah, Amari's yeah. not even eligible, right? He's in ten days or whatever it is with the. He's unvaccinated. Yeah. And, and CD then, will see. Yeah, CD Lamb got a concussion on Sunday. Yeah, I, so, I, I mean, hard we got to Noah Brown out there. That's right. not going to be great. No, and and the guy, what's Cedric Wilson? Is he yeah. number one? I mean, he doesn't want to catch the ball in traffic. <laughs> so that that was okay. So so I get it. I feel your frustration, and I think it is. Well taken. All right, we're just getting rolling here. We have so much still to get to. I got to get to some of the college stuff, which I didn't. And up next, I will explain how social media could destroy a team I picked to go to the Super Bowl. Greeny, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. 
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. I picked the Cleveland Browns to go to the Super Bowl before the season began. And the reality is their chances of doing that evaporated week two, as I have told you repeatedly, when Baker Mayfield tried to show the world how tough he is and tried to make a tackle after having thrown an interception, got blown up, tore his labrum, and has never been the same since. Now, he's so banged up. The Browns were awful yesterday. I can't remember watching a game and thinking a team deserved a win less than the Browns did yesterday, playing the un... Well, they're not the... They're the winless Lions. They, they, they have a tie. But, but they just look so awful doing it, and Baker looks so awful. He's just 100% hurt. They should absolutely take him off the field for their benefit and his. They, they should unquestionably... Uh, replace him with Case Keenum, who has proved in that offense that he can win games. He took a team to an NFC championship game not that long ago. They would be much better off playing him. And that's not because Baker Mayfield is bad. It's because he is just hopelessly hurt. But I assume that by now you have seen what happened on social media after that game. Social media can be a very dangerous thing. Very. Because when you are emotional and you post something, A you may not realize how it's going to be interpreted, or B, you may an hour later say, I really probably shouldn't have done that. And I think we can say that about Baker Mayfield's wife, Emily. So someone posted, after the game yesterday, someone posted on their Instagram story a little tribute to Baker that says, no one better say anything bad about Baker Mayfield after this game. I don't think I've seen toughness like this in a while Maybe the rest of our team should take the hint and get tougher. Baker Mayfield's wife reposted that. She reposted that on her story. Now, I'm willing to give her the benefit of the doubt. That which I don't know her. I don't know that much about her. I mean, I don't know anything about her. I'm willing to give her the benefit of the doubt that all she really paid attention to was the beginning of that, that it was a post about how tough her husband is, And she put that up there and someone got to her and said, hey, the part about the rest of the team should take the hint and get tougher. That may not play real well with the rest of the guys on the team. And thus she took it down. I don't know one way or the other. But at the end of the day, to me, it is a good lesson. You're not doing anybody any good posting stuff like that on social media. You're not doing anybody any good. You are not helping him out. No one is going to read that tweet from his wife, or in this case, an Instagram post. No one is going to read that post from his wife and say, you know, I'm rethinking the entire thing now. Turns out I'm wrong. Baker is one tough son of a gun, and I'm now on his side. Like, you're not, you're not accomplishing. Not only are you not accomplishing what you think you're accomplishing, you're not accomplishing anything. You are solely making yourself feel better for a second and a half by posting it. And in the long run, you can do a lot more damage than good. And so an excellent rule of thumb, and I practice this, and I've told my kids this, and my wife and I have talked about it many times because she's very active on social media, as people know, and, you know, like to have fun with, and I'm all good with that. But I have a rule, which is read the thing carefully before you post it and say to yourself, is there any reason why I may regret posting this? And if, no matter what that is, if the answer comes back, yes, don't do it. Don't do it. You gain nothing. Nothing. She gained nothing by posting that. And instead, now they have this to deal with. So the team that had Odell's dad 
now has Baker's wife. <laughs> right, and it was, uh, the, the, um, it was Odell's dad's post that sort of sent that whole thing into motion, did it not? Yes. And so the fact that this is now happening, I'm, I agree with you. She likely, it's easy to hit the retweet button sort of, you know, without being thorough in your thought. Right. But if you're the wife of the quarterback, I'm with you. Like, there is zero to gain. Look, you've been, you know, famous for forever. You, you have this sort of social media thing figured out in some sense, whereas I think a lot of people, we've seen Patrick Mahomes' wife run into some issues this year as well. Like, yeah. Just stay away from it. Like you said, it benefits no one involved. Patrick Mahomes' brother is the one who I think Him is too. a little more active yeah, on yeah, social yeah. media in different <laughs> ways. Uh, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle auto, home, or motorcycle insurance. Visit Progressive.com. Meanwhile... That's not the one I meant to hit, but either way, uh, here's what <laughs> Hembo, hey Nuno and uh, and and Bubs, Hembo wants to make a bet, mm. right? What are this? What you were telling me this morning? What are the wagers you want to make? Well, right now the Eagles are riding so high that I want I want Nuno on the record with the, with the Giants game next week. I don't even care what happens tonight. The Eagles are going to beat the Giants next week, so I want to make a wager with Nuno. I obviously want to make a wager with you about the Eagles Jets game upcoming, which I'm not sure you're so inclined to do, given the let me make the, one thing perfectly clear. Mm-hmm. The last thing on earth I'm doing is betting on the Jets. Right? <laughs> okay. Do you listen to the show? You sit right next to me. I occasionally do. Yeah, listen, I'm not yes. betting on the Jets. No I'll chance. tell you that right now. What no, it's zero chance. What if it's like sort of like a what, what, what if it's weighed heavily towards me? Like, you know, like if, if What does that mean? What, what it means is Give me four touchdowns. <laughs> I'm spotting you 28 points. Yeah, the, the, there's no obvious reason. You see the way the, the Eagles are running the ball? Yes. Have you seen the Jets run defense? If the Jets and the Eagles played yesterday, how many yards would the Eagles have run for? They ran for 240. I'm going to put the over under at 1,000. I'm going to say I'm going to say 1,000. The Jets don't want to tackle anybody. They don't want to play. They, a thou, I'm going to say 1,000. Okay. 1,000. No, but I want you to bet with Bubba, and I want you to bet with Nuno. Nuno. And are you I can in? sit back and enjoy. Stand behind your Giants, Nuno. Are you in, kid? Are you in? First of all, they stink. But second of all, like... I'm starting to despise you right now, so I'm just pride-wise, I will have to bet bet you. I think he's still upset about the Jeter thing from last week. We need to figure out, yeah, well, that's why, because... Uh, this is why people shake nerds. <laughs> this is why people shake nerds. Starting to despise All right, we're going to figure out what the stakes are coming up. We got I'm Sorry What. We got time for your calls. As always, your hot takes in our next hour on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.